0: Welcome back to T Minus 10, everyone. I'm Tim Fitzpatrick, and today I am joined by Clint Hooper, who is Senior Director of Operations for South Carolina at Fersenius Medical Care and a good friend. Clint, really good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tim. Always a pleasure, man.
0: So, obviously, I've known you for a couple of years now, but uh, I would love, I think, the first time we actually have a pretty funny story for how we met, but. Um, I think it'd be helpful to uh, to have you give a high-level background on kind of who you are, how you got into your current role, and uh, just let the people know who you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I was just talking about how we met the other day. Uh, very funny story. Um, but, yeah, so I am a senior senior director of operations uh, with Fresenius. Um Basically started started off as on the inpatient services side of our business as a program manager. Um, kind of that's really where I got exposed to you know how how a new dialysis patient hits um or, or crashes into the hospital. Um and we call it we call that like a patient that's not being followed by a CKD um diagnosis in a nephrology office. Um and all of a sudden lands in a the hospital. They do lab work and they're like, "Wow, your kidneys are failing, you need dialysis." And um that really kind of started my whole um interest in into, you know, meeting these patients where they were and making sure they landed where they needed to and uh spent a couple years doing that. Um, and quite the transition from an ER nurse, and really fell in love with like our entire mission with our with our company, and wanted to learn more about the chronic side. So started out as a you know a chronic DO over you know a small amount of clinics there in the Florence area, and my, my market has grown um, with my responsibilities. So now I, I I oversee the inpatient services side, but I also have uh, the chronic side as well. So it's it's a busy job, but it's very rewarding. I'm I'm sure, and I,
0: so this is great because believe it or not, we have not really discussed a lot of the settings that you've already kind of alluded to where you've worked uh, on this show. So some people may not be as familiar with inpatient versus chronic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd love for you to kind of dive in if you could and talk about what are those settings, I guess, to start, just what are the settings and then maybe talk about what you've seen in terms of education in those settings and how that kind of works for patients.
1: Absolutely. You know, so I myself, you know, as an ER nurse background, I, I only knew that people went to dialysis three days a week in a clinic. Um, and so that side of the business in the clinic, you know, that's, that's your in center setting is what we call it um, or your chronic setting. And so that's where your average uh, dialysis patient who gets diagnosed with um, in-stage renal disease, told they're going to be in dialysis. They'll either go on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, routine or TTS or Tuesday, Thursday routine. Um, and that's, that's, that's probably the largest, the largest book of any, any dialysis company's business just because that's primarily where our patients land right now. Um, and then you've got the inpatient setting. And that is where more times than not, you know, a, a, a dialysis company like us will, will partner with a hospital um, and we will be a, will, will act as a vendor. So we'll come into their hospital and they'll outsource that service to us. And it's, it's what we do um, on the outpatient setting for a living. And that's where that's where, you know, we meet new patients that just kind of like I described earlier that land in the hospital after not knowing what's going on and and not really following their health care and, and all of a sudden they've got kidney failure and didn't know um, and it's also where our, our chronic patients so we do know um, generally will get admitted and so we can still carry on that, that quality dialysis treatment while they're in the hospital um, getting them out quick so they can get plugged back into their clinic Um, and then lastly, you've got the, the home therapy segment, which has been around for a while, but as as we all know, is, is the focus of kidney care for, for the last couple of years and, um, huge, huge push to, to grow this. Um, and in doing so home therapies, education has really been on the forefront, um, for years, but I, have seen, I, I joined our company five years ago and I've seen it grow in just the five years I've been here. Um, and now we're, we're educating everywhere we can, <laughs> you know, it, whether it's in the inpatient setting where we, we try to make sure we partner with um, our inpatient services teams to make sure they know what they're educating on, um, giving handouts for, you know, what to expect as a new dialysis patient, home options, um, Partnering with the hospital to supply them with content. Um, and then, of course, we, we do some exposure and training in center as well. Um, just trying to figure out any way possible we can kind of meet our patients where they're at. They're in the clinic and, and showcase, showcase what home therapies can, can do for them in their life. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're educating a ton of different ways right now. Uh, trying to get creative um, and, and just reach as many patients as we can.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you, you brought up this, the fourth kind of seg- segment setting you mentioned, which is the home therapy side. Um, for those who listened to the previous episode with Vanessa Evans, who's Senior Manager of Advocacy and Communities, I know this is a huge part of her focus. So there's probably a lot of overlap with, with kind of how you think about things. Um, can you talk a, a bit more about your, like from an operations standpoint, you're thinking about South Carolina, about Florence, about your region, where do you see, you you, you just mentioned kind of a lot of patients are in center, uh, but also that there's a lot of attention on home. Where does that transition fit in to how you think about where dialysis is, where patients are at, and kind of how you bring education to them? Because I I know you kind of alluded to a few ways to innovatively get content there, whether it's in the hospital or meeting the patients where they are. So how
1: how do you think about that in your role? So I think, you know, anybody you talk to in healthcare that's in operations, I think, deep before even talking about operations, you gotta you gotta address the elephant in the room, and it's staffing. You know, staffing is a huge, huge, huge obstacle. Um, unfortunately, um, I mean, everywhere that I know of, um, but especially in healthcare. And so, retain, retaining our team members, you know, showing them they're valued. Um, especially through some of the last couple of years has been a big, big goal of ours. And, you know, figuring out how to accomplish the same thing with less people without sacrificing inequality, you know, um, and that, that's so operationally that's really been our focus and how can we be innovative? How can we be creative in, in our approach to doing this? Um, and from an operations level, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces, you know, these patients, how do you get, how do you get this, this huge group of in-center patients who, who just landed in the clinic setting because they just didn't really know their options or maybe just didn't, we're not in a frame of mind to just be trained at that point on their options or maybe the delivery wasn't there. And so now they're, they're getting just three-day-a-week dialysis. Um, and so once you get them there, you know, operationally, how do we, how do we figure out transitioning to home? What does training look like? What does exposure look like? Who's going to do that? Who's going to own those those goals? And so it's been a huge cross-functional collaborative effort, I think, amongst you know, our entire organization um, to, to just come up with unique ways to do this. And and we've we've really done a number of different things. I mean, transitional care units have really helped us where we've taken say you've got four to six clinics in a 30-mile radius, you know, real, real concentrated area, because you don't want to cause any hardship to the patients at all. But um, we've, we'll take and target these areas, and we'll also partner with the hospital and tell them what we're going to be doing. And the goal is to send all new patients to this TCU setting, which is in one of our clinics. We just kind of mark out a little area for it. And it's a four-week program where we just educate, 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 educate. And, of course, the hope is that this patient will go to home therapies because we know how good that is for them and what that will do for them. But at the end of the day, it's to educate them on all their options and ease them into dialysis gently so they can absorb the information, be be on dialysis without feeling bad, and really make an informed decision at the end of that four weeks to what modality they want to choose.
0: So I love this for a few reasons. Obviously your, your background, which I know RN, but also MBA, you've been at the company five years, you've kind of seen how ops work and you, it, it just, it must be a very cool, surreal feeling for you to have seen from the ER nurse side, to kind of this opportunity with TCU's and uh, just the, the real opportunity to help patients who might've been overwhelmed, who didn't know that they had kidney disease and ended up crashing. So on that note, I think it'd be great to hear you talk about TCU as a perfect example. Uh, Are there other programs or how do you think about the opportunities to continue trying to educate patients effectively and uh, to to kind of meet the challenges that you're describing from the ops perspective?
1: Yeah, you know, of course, internally, I think with any organization, just good communication and 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 that cross functional collaboration is key. You know, bringing bringing all the players to the table, people who've done it before, uh, people who are good in in their in their specific field, whether it be with training patients or um, with different staffing models to to do more with less. But at the at the beginning of the day, you've got to have the right person doing it for the right reasons. And and the reason you know we do all this is, you know, especially from a nurses perspective, you know, I'm an advocate you know by nature and we're really as a society in healthcare, we we do these patients a, a complete disservice if we don't make it our mission to ensure that they know everything about every option they have because it's life-changing what home therapies can do for them. It is. And and as nurses, as healthcare professionals, as operations, it's our duty to, to, to make it our mission to educate every single one of them so that at the end of the day, if they do choose whatever modality they choose, we know that they choose what was best for them based on being educated. And so with that being said, I, I, I have definitely been investing a lot of time into figuring out different ways to do this and partnering with the right people, you know, in our region. And, um, I think the opportunity really comes with how do we educate folks in every setting? How do we, how do we control that delivery of information and what should that information be to guide them through the appropriate paths? And I think that's really what we're in the middle of finding out along with everybody else in the country, you know, how can we do our best to educate these patients the best of our ability to get them where they need to be so they can have good productive lives.
0: I love it. So I, Thank you for. I mean, seriously. You know, you and I have spent a ton of time talking, but just every single time, the passion. Anyone here meeting you for the first time, I hope they know that this is the Clint Hooper that they'll get when they when they meet you. So, thank you for for diving in there. Um, of course, I I, I do. So I I know we're last question here before we kind of wrap things up, but opportunities, optimism. I, I'd love to notice on a, time scales, right? So. Next twelve months, maybe are there opportunities? What are you excited about? And then, kind of longer term, I love to ask the question around: Hey, if you if you could write the future, if you could think more longer term about what does the transition to home therapies look like in five or ten years through the lens of education, where are you on that short term and the long term? If you if you can.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, this is this everything that's in me. Um lives for this initiative so i can talk to you forever about optimistic um thoughts that go through my mind and but the biggest thing for me is is when i look at kind of how i've seen just even our organization society our nephrologist just people as a whole You know, nobody likes change right i mean it's it's hard to change Um, it's hard to feel vulnerable and humble again and new in the space that you've been working in forever and i think that's a a big barrier in overcoming to get the buy-in we need for folks to step out and learn more about home therapies so we can attack this but what's exciting is i'm seeing that happen and and that's hard you know and that says a lot that people are shifting and so innovation is really on the horizon here. And that's the most exciting part of all this. We no longer are expecting different outcomes with the same actions and you're seeing it, you know, so, you know, the old adage, you you know, you, you can't expect to achieve these lofty goals with the same actions that, you know, you were doing yesterday. So we are, we're really trying any and everything we can. We are pulling out all the stops. We're open to different techniques, tactics. And one of the most exciting things for me is just really been working with, with your company and just seeing how virtual reality fits into that space, whether, no matter who it's with, just how virtual reality is um, can aid in, in just educating anyone that interfaces with it because of the type of technology it is. It transcends all types of learners to that immersive environment that you're in. And I've just been blown away at what you know what I've seen thus far and, and what's on the horizon and what that's going to look like in terms of helping more patients um, know what they're getting into and 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 really understand what they're getting into. Well before they get there and realize, oh, this isn't for me. Maybe I should have listened more about that home therapies. I'm not, I'm not really liking the way this makes me feel. You know, what were they, what were they telling me? What's that machine look like? And, um, you know, it's just exciting to be able to, you know, to be able to manage expectations and really teach our patients um, just with another with another approach.
0: Well, then I appreciate you. I'm fired up. I'm ready to to keep going here on my end after this conversation, as always. But yeah. Uh, I think me me b- before we uh, before we wrap up here how can people get a hold of you if they want to connect they listen they're inspired they want to they want to uh exchange notes
1: yeah i mean i i'm I'm available to anyone who who wants to pick my brain about how um how how to grow home how to reach patients um and you know I'm on LinkedIn that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me um I believe I'm under there as Clint Hooper, not my, not my government name, Arthur Hooper, um, but pretty easy to find. You type in Clint Hooper uh, for sending us and I don't think there's only one of us. So <laughs>
0: I, I think so too, but I'll make sure that we have that in the, in the show notes so people know where to find yeah. you. Uh, Clint. Clint, I just want to say thank you again for, for everything, but for coming on and, and sharing your
1: perspective. No, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk, um, to talk, to talk initiatives goals and how we're going to get there with you in terms of the kidney space. So thank you for having me on you